0: One. Well, actually, we're going before time began, so yeah, it's going to be quite the adventure. All right, I'm going to read. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I just want us to picture that right now. I know it's hard to do. But I'm going to read that again. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. When I try to picture that, it's kind of spooky. I picture a lot of darkness, and an earth that has no form and no shape, right? But I can also picture God before time began, and he's hovering over the earth, And there's another translation that says the Spirit is brooding over the waters. Right, so I see this picture of of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're in perfect unity. And they're enjoying themselves. And they're talking. And maybe they're like flying or something. Just hanging out. And they're joking. They're telling jokes. I think they're laughing. And... um. And they're dreaming and they're maybe scheming about a story, the greatest story ever told. Right. And and they they're looking at this formless mass in the darkness, and they're, am I the only one that thinks that like I would have created light and then I would have dreamed and schemed about? <laughs> they're in the darkness and they're dreaming and they're thinking, we can we can create dry land and we'll separate the dry land from the waters. And, um, and we'll create mountains and streams, right, and trees and beautiful trees and flowers and excess um, to the common man. Why? Why do we need so many colors and beautiful things? And why do we need trout to chase in rivers? And why do we need big, beautiful elk, you know, and moose to go after and, and hunt and these adventures? And, and what they're doing is they're, they're doing all these things that are in their heart. And they're saying, let's take what's in us and let's create something that will just give a glimpse of who we are. And so they'll, they'll put fish in the sea and they'll put birds in the air. And, then, and they're getting excited. And I can just feel the excitement of the Father saying, oh. And then the, the pinnacle of our creation, mankind. And oh, oh, let's make them in our image, in our likeness. And they'll have parts of our heart, and they'll reveal it in the earth. And we'll partner with man on the earth to release our kingdom and our laws. And that's who we are. Right. We're a dream in the Father's heart before time even began. How amazing is that? How could you be afraid if you know who's you you are and who you belong to? That's all I need to know. I have a father that before time began, he was dreaming about me. And he created the earth for us, a paradise, for us to hang out and to get to know this wild, dramatic, funny, serious, but also just crazy. Like, not crazy, you know, but he's just wild. God is wild. And if you don't believe me now, I'm going to prove it. (laughs) I'm going to prove it to you. So I just wonder how long, you know, in the dark they were dreaming and planning. And then light shot forth out of the darkness. Can you imagine seeing that? Nothing but darkness. And all of a sudden, he speaks and light comes forth. It's the most incredible thing. I know, you're having a hard time wrapping your brain around it. I did it all week and I couldn't get anywhere. (laughs) But praise God for the scripture. Ephesians 1, 4 says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Here it is. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Thank you, Lord. You know God can write a story. And we can see it in movies. And it's God's heart. There's you know this this great battle to be won and this uh, this you know this uh, fighting for you know this love you know and there's all these emotions we see in movies and when you go to the movie theater and I've never cried in a movie but I'm sure some of you guys have and it just really draws out this emotion that is that is God's heart in us that's who He is a small part of who He is and it's a powerful thing He 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 knew. Um, He knew what was going to happen, right, when he was dreaming about this whole thing. He knew that it wasn't going to be all perfect. He knew that there was going to be pain and suffering. He knew that there was going to be an adversary coming after us. He knew that there was going to to have to be a sacrificial lamb. I can imagine when Jesus realized that he was going to have to be the one to come as as he's writing this beautiful story. God's heart is for freedom for us. That is what he died for. He died so that we could have free will. Amen? And he knew that people would be free to choose hell. He knew that. He doesn't send anyone to hell. People choose hell. That's the option. Liberty is messy. It's quite problematic. I mean, the father knew it. He knew it. And he said, hey, I'm okay with messes. I'm okay with the process. That's what he brought us into, and and we have to realize that. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather to serve one another humbly. That's when bad things start happening. When believers, when we start to use our freedom to indulge our flesh, to serve ourselves, that's that's when bad things start happening, Right? But praise God, that's how loved we are. He's he's a shepherd that's committed to our freedom, and he didn't just set us free and and then leave us be. He set us free, but he is with us now. He is with us now, revealing the Father to us. And I just want to hammer this point home today, that we have been given a spirit of sonship, and we are... We're, we're loved by a father who's committed to us, amen? But that's who God is. He, he, he was willing to take the risk. He's dramatic, he's wild, he's extravagant. I'm going to play this video. Peter's going to play this video. Go ahead, Peter.
1: Separated in this way, New Guinea's animals have become truly bizarre. The male 12-wired bird of paradise is the only bird in the world that has tail ornaments like this, used to tickle the face of a prospective mate. From one crow-like ancestor, birds of paradise have evolved into 40 different kinds. Every corner of this island has its own version. Meet the black sicklebill of New Guinness Highlands. Able to morph into some very unbird-like shapes. Each male bird of paradise has a unique display for attracting mates. And none is more extraordinary than the one that takes place on this stage. For the owner a Western Parotia, there's work to be done first. Every morning, he clears his court of the night's fallen debris. It's a vital chore if he wants to attract a mate. Females only visit the tidiest courts. So one rogue leaf might ruin his chances. Perfect. His obsessive housework pays off. And a female drops in for a closer look. Now is his chance to really impress. But it won't be easy. Females are very fussy, and she'll expect his carefully choreographed routine to be faultless. He opens with a bow. Next, his blue eye must flash yellow. So far, so good. He has all the moves. Fancy footwork. The whirling dervish. The head poom shuffle with spin. Her erect head feathers and quivering wings are a very encouraging sign. sidestep and head-bop look good from any angle. But his crowning glory can only be appreciated from her perspective. Wait for it. There it is, a flash of his iridescent throat patch. Her excitement grows. Has been a triumph, and he wins her approval.
0: They're just wrestling at the end there. I told you, God is wild. I tried that dance for Catherine yesterday. It didn't work very good, but you know we got to do what we can, right? So God is wild. He's funny. He has a personality. And he didn't change after thousands of years. He's the same way. He's still looking to joke with his kids and have fun and take us on adventures. All right, let's fast forward a couple thousand years, however many thousands of years. So, Jesus, God incarnate, he comes to the earth. He's born as a baby, not to a wealthy family, not to a good looking family, not to power, not to fame. He was born in a barn. He has to learn to eat. He has to learn to crawl. I mean, me and my wife have twin babies right now. Feeding babies is a messy affair. There's food everywhere. I mean, it's just a disaster. God incarnate had to have his his dirty diapers changed. You have to think about that. He had to go through all the realities of life that we went through. That was a very, very humble thing for Jesus to do. He became a man so that he could fully know us, right? That's part of what he paid for in that relationship. He became a man so that he could empathize with our weakness because he's been there. He's been in our shoes and much more. He endured suffering and shame. He didn't spare himself trouble and pain, and he didn't come to spare us from trouble or discomfort or pain. He came to give us a kingdom that's not of this world. He's not really interested in us not being persecuted. I don't think that's really at the forefront of his mind or his heart. Not that we're being persecuted at all. Right now, but we know a time is coming. He tells us plainly, in the world we will have troubles, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And you don't have to be very old to have, to have experienced some pain or trouble in this life. Right? I'm 34. I've seen I've seen pain. I've gone through much less than than others, but people that I know, you know, life is painful. Life is hard. Death is hard. Sickness is hard. There's a lot of pain, and there's a lot of suffering, and there's a lot of disappointment. And there's pressure. And and I think this year we've seen that there's some pressure that's coming to the earth that I haven't experienced before. And, and I don't think that, uh, personally, I don't think we're going to wake up in five years and um, everything's going to be back to the way that it was. Uh, and here's why. A, pres- a new president is not going to fix what's going on. Okay? And all the organizations, the nonprofits are not going to fix what's going on. The father has written a story, guys. And we're in a place in this story I'm sure we all know it here, but it's good to remind ourselves. We're in a place where it's starting to intensify. And that's the father's heart. That's part of his plan. Um, he's using pressure. He's using pressure. Because he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And there's something about pressure that draws the purity out of us and it draws the hunger out of us. And then we begin to draw the bridegroom because where is this headed one day? To a wedding. And that's the crescendo of the father's story, guys. It's really easy to get excited when you start talking about this, when you realize, hey, this is real. This is not church as usual. This is not Christianity as usual. There's something going on in the earth. We are in a movement. We're in a season of acceleration. And the Lord is, he's the father, and he's looking for children in this season. And much of the church, I feel like, is not acting like a son or a daughter. They're acting like they have a yoke of slavery upon them, which leads to fear. Romans 8.15 says, for, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God, not high and holy, unapproachable one. I'll think of all the right things to pray and to say, and I'll get very religious, and I'll practice all these rules, and I'll keep everything just right, and I won't offend you. He's not looking for that, guys. Yeah. And furthermore, the earth is not looking for that. Yeah. The earth does not want the religious spirit. That's right. They want children living in a kingdom of light that sit in their daddy's lap yeah. and laugh at him and joke with him and know who he is and know his character. Galatians 4, 6, because you are his son's, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, there it is again. Jesus wasn't afraid when he woke up in the middle of the storm and the disciples were in a panic mode. That's crazy to be on a boat in a storm on the middle of the night and be sleeping. I don't know how he did that. He's God. It's incredible. But when he woke up, he wasn't alarmed. He wasn't disturbed. He was so seated in a reality of sonship. I know who my father is. I know that I'm a dream in my father's heart. I don't have to get into fear and control. I don't have to put my hands on things. Jesus said he fully entrusted himself to the father. He laid the example for us, guys. If COVID has a squirming We need to learn. We need to learn now. What's coming is going to be much scarier than COVID. I can tell you right now, if the earth is a little bit scared, um, you just wait. You just wait and see what unbelievers, how they're going to react to what's coming. There is gnarly stuff coming, but we have a father. just going to read Matthew 24 here, a little taste of what's to come. Okay, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. You ready? Not going to read all of it, but... And Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he answered to them and said... Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here shall be left upon another, which will not be torn down. And he was, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened because you have a father. I added that. For those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of My name. We're not even close. We're not even close in America. We're not even close to that. That's the beginning of the birth pangs. At that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased, and most people's love will grow cold. Whoa, I'm not even going to touch on that, but wow. But the one who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations. And then the end shall come. I just want to say, fear, when we start operating in fear, we start operating in a religious spirit. And you know what the religious spirit wants to do? Just real quick, we know. It wants to control. It does not want relationship. And what we do is we sacrifice the relationship. Because it takes work. That's what the Israelites wanted. They, they just said, just tell us what to do. Just God, just tell, just, just write it. Just make it plain and easy just so we can follow some dang rules. But that's, God's like, I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't become a baby on the earth and, and go through life, you know, and suffering and shame and that crucifixion so that you could serve some rules. I died for a dang relationship and I'm going to get it. And he's using pressure right now to bring that. Okay, And who's ready to cry out, Abba, Father, with me? Come on, I want to move into a new season. I admit before you guys, my family, I have to move into a new season with the Lord. I've got to let go of this religious thing that says, you know, it's, it's this way, and I like it this way, and, and it's comfortable and whatever. Man, Jesus is not interested in our comfort. Yeah, right. And if that's our concern, we're in so much trouble. Yes, right. We're in so much trouble, guys. There's a, the enemy has a false narrative in the earth right now. And it's called social justice. Yeah. Does anyone think that's funny? I mean, all he does is pervert. It's a, it's a perverted version. Right. It's not justice. Right. It's not. Man. So- I know, but I'm, t- I'm trying to be Christian here. Whew, okay. <laughs> Guys, it's so important to be rooted and grounded in Scripture, yes. to know who our Father is. Because the pressure is going to get turned up and turned up and turned up. And if we become the Pharisees, we will be fighting against Jesus. Let me just read this real quick. Mark 3, 1 through 5. 3 through 5. Mark 3. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger. And I believe that's the only time in the Gospels that it actually says that Jesus got angry. And I know, I'm I'm sure he was angry when he was, you know, whipping people in the temple when they were doing the thing and overturning, but that's the only time it actually expresses it. And deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. When we, okay, I said it already, I'm just gonna say it one more time. Let's be a people that embrace a childlike faith in this season, realizing that, We are in a season of acceleration that this year, I mean, things are going to get crazy and wild and it's good, okay? But let's be a people of covenant together who hold each other accountable, that we're not going to get into a religious spirit, that we're not going to put rules in place on how God can move and what he can do and what it has to look like. I really think that's important. And most of all, I want to just encourage you guys. This is a season to learn to to sit in the Father's lap, to go back to the simplicity of the first love, guys. It is vital, to quote Louis. It is vital. We have to practice this. We have to become this people. It says most people's love will grow cold. When you have a relationship with a set of rules, your love grows cold. Fast, real fast. It's not going to endure in what's going on in the earth right now. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord. If you you have never experienced the Father's love, the Father that dreamt about you before time began, Um, if you have, and it's been a long time since you opened up your heart to cry out to Daddy God and you maybe have slipped into a place of praying the right prayers and, and you, you've slipped out of the grace gospel and you've slipped into this works gospel like it talks about in Galatians, this is our morning, guys, to rise up and to commit again to the simple grace gospel The love that was lavished upon us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the comforter, God. That you are with us, you're speaking to us, you're leading us, Lord. God, so we just commit as a church, Lord, to your word, God. To devouring the scripture, God. To finding you, Lord, and finding your heart in your word. And as we seek you in your presence in worship and in prayer, Lord. God, let us never be the people that forget that you are, are wild and funny and fun and adventurous, Lord. Lord, we say we invite you, God, to take us on the adventure, Lord. You are the adventure. You are the prize, Jesus. We want more of you, Lord. We want to see more clearly, God. We know that we have to in, the, in these times, Lord, in the season that we're in. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen.